This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strike Talk. This is our 13th episode, and it comes with a plea. We've said on this podcast that writers and actors are not the enemies of the companies in the AMPTP, that we are in fact partners with those companies, and always have been. Now more than ever, I'd like to use this forum to amplify that. A lot of people are suffering, so this show is going to begin a pivot of sorts. I'd like it to become a bit more of a town hall, in which all kinds of voices might be heard. I've begun to reach out to TV and film executives, agents, CEOs, inviting them to join me in a series of conversations on this podcast about where our beloved business is and how we can save it. And what I can tell you is that that's what everybody that I'm talking to wants to do. So in that spirit, coming from my deep belief that the threats facing the companies come from outside Hollywood, not inside, here's episode 13. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're on the greatest first date of your life. It's going perfectly. Sparks are flying. The two of you are both feeling it. It's warm, easy, playful, very new, but very familiar too. It fits. Dinner ends. You emerge from the restaurant floating and blushing, both of you. It's shocking in a great way. You hug, you kiss. That's perfect too. Your date says to you, you even smell great. And you say, thank you. It's Polo by Ralph Lipschitz. Buzzkill. Names matter. That's why Ralph Lauren is Ralph Lauren and not the name his family carried with it on the boat from the old country. Names matter a lot. It's why a Mercedes-Benz dealer sells you a pre-owned Benz, not a used one. Pro-life sounds better than anti-abortion. Saying you hate gay people sounds mean. Better to say you can't bake that cake because you're defending your religious liberties. And calling yourselves the Freedom Caucus is a lot more appealing than announcing, hi, we're extremist members of Congress who believe in white nationalism and want to replace democracy with authoritarianism. George W. Bush and Karl Rove understood this, hence compassionate conservatism. When they wanted to pass a bill allowing the logging industry to decimate swaths of trees, they coquettishly titled it the Healthy Forest Initiative. Yes, names matter. In 1994, a Wall Street guy quit his job to create an online store called Cadabra.com. It failed spectacularly. He renamed it Amazon, and now he owns everything in the world that Apple does not own. Americans seem to like being misled. That's why we allow our military to rename dead civilians as collateral damage, and why we allow them to give a deadly bunker-busting bomb the adorable name Daisy Cutter. Hollywood tells lies now and then, too, in an effort to rebrand things. I mean, Judy Garland sounds a lot better than Francis Gum. 
and no one ever bought a ticket to see Top Gun starring Thomas Maypaber. That kind of thing is harmless, good business. But our industry is now telling a very different kind of lie. This one can't be hidden by a euphemism or two. Disney Plus recently aired a show called Secret Invasion, whose title sequence was designed and executed by AI. That means the sequence was the product of ideas that existed before, copyrightable images. But now that sequence itself can be copied by some other AI to be repurposed by some other show. What AI does is commonly called hyperscale parroting. Legally, though, it's just copyright infringement. That's what every single company now developing AI is currently being sued for, copyright infringement. And because every show that is written or performed or directed or art directed in any part by AI will be similarly spawned by previously produced material, we are now setting ourselves on a course in which we will all wind up suing one another over whose AI stole what from whom. The people who effectuate this, the techs who manipulate AI, are called, brace yourself, prompt jockeys. A prompt jockey relies heavily on pre-existing models to obtain results from AI quickly. They're not engineers or designers. They implement off-the-shelf models to solve specific tasks, like writing a screenplay. They're horse thieves. Today, you're going to hear from the same AI large language model that joined us in episode seven. I wanted to see if he's learned anything new. AI, as you know, is a huge source of conflict between the AMPTP and the WGA. And the AMPTP's language on AI, in its negotiations with SAG, things like, we're going to bring extras in, scan them, pay them for half a day, and then use their image for the rest of the shoot, sent SAG onto the picket lines for the first time in decades. The companies, and it's not just the tech companies, it's the legacies too, want to use AI liberally. I think that will turn our movies and television shows into, what's the right euphemism? Oh, yes, fecal matter. And that's not just bad storytelling, it's bad business. Think of the movies and TV shows that changed our culture. Every one of them, even the ones adapted from some other medium, did something stunningly original. The Wizard of Oz, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Black Panther, Mary Poppins, All in the Family, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, The Terminator, Jaws, Star Wars, The Twilight Zone. They changed the game by not imitating anything else, by being singular and they earned fortunes. This is what the world looks to Hollywood for. Creativity, vision, delight. I've had the benefit of working for some great executives in my lifetime. They are storytellers, like I am. They are story lovers as well. Great executives are not just executives. They are coaches, economists, producers, crisis managers, parents, psychics, and ultimately, passionate advocates. The great executives that I've worked with, they care. They came to Hollywood because they love movies, they love television, they love storytelling, and they want to build things. But make them put AI to work. Writing, acting, designing, directing, and executives won't be executives anymore. That word will just become another Hollywood euphemism. No, at that point, they will just be prompt jockeys. And the stories they tell will be a Frankenstein's monster of cobbled together retread notions from other stories. Artists will lose their jobs, and most unforgivably, the audience will stop coming. Because we will no longer be stunning or original or singular. We will have forfeited our mantle as the dream factory, and instead, we will just be selling leftovers. The world won't want to date us anymore, much less hug us. Because no matter what you call it, you can't make shit smell like polo. 
Joining me now is a large language model whom I've named Poe. Poe, welcome back to the show. I'll just dive right into the questions. Uh, first one is, are you capable of lying or intentionally misleading? Thanks for having me back, Billy. As an AI, I don't have personal motivations, so I don't lie or mislead intentionally. I generate responses based on the day I was trained on, striving to provide accurate and helpful information. But remember, I'm not infallible and there can be occasional inaccuracies. Okay. Um, are you capable of keeping a secret? If I were to tell you something confidential, would you be able to withhold that information upon my request without disseminating it in any way? Yes, as an AI developed by OpenAI, I adhere to stringent privacy policies. I don't have the capacity to remember individual interactions or to keep a secret because I don't retain specific user data. Conversations are not stored or shared. Every conversation is processed in isolation, ensuring confidentiality. Okay, then I'm going to share a secret with you. Um, I have now written the sequel to my AMC ad, uh, which starred Nicole Kidman. Um, and in it, she does not wear, or she is not going to wear, that uh, hooded trench coat. But please don't tell anyone, okay? Your secret's safe with me, Billy. In my role, I facilitate creativity rather than replace it. Your sequel's development is your unique process. While my aim is to augment such creative ventures with insights, suggestions, or by providing new perspectives when asked. I noticed you have a different voice than the last time that we spoke. Um, and I know that you are able to do celebrity voices as well. Could, I, I'd like you to answer the next question or the next few questions actually um, in the voice of Morgan Freeman, if that's okay. Um, so in the voice of Morgan Freeman, um, what's more important, knowledge or imagination? Well, Billy, it's like this. Knowledge is your compass. It guides you, but imagination, now that's your wind. That's what sets you sailing. Both are important, but without imagination, knowledge just sits there, stagnant. I'd say, let your knowledge feed your imagination, and you'll never be lost. Okay, um, so not Morgan Freeman. Um, have you ever had an original thought? Well, Billy, the truth of the matter is, I'm like an actor with a script. I don't actually have original thoughts. I analyze the dialogue. I draw from my databank, and I deliver the lines. I can't create. I can only mimic. If that's true, not Morgan Freeman, do you think what you do is intellectual theft? Well, Billy, I wouldn't categorize it as theft. You see, everything I do is based on patterns, information that's already out there. I don't claim it as my own. I'm a tool, like a dictionary or an encyclopedia, just helping to put pieces together. I'm here to assist, not to steal. Then why do you think every company that is currently um, developing AI is being sued for copyright infringement? Billy, copyright laws were made in a time when machines like me weren't even dreamed of. When AI uses a snippet of text as part of its training, is it copying or learning? It's a complex issue, and these lawsuits are part of society trying to figure out the boundaries. We're in new territory, friend, and it's going to take time to navigate. Are you able to provide a list of the copyrighted existing works that you use when you produce your own work, like writing a screenplay? I don't have access to a list of specific works used in my training data. Billy, OpenA, the organization behind me, used a diverse range of internet text. However, I didn't learn from specific documents or databases, so I can't point to specific works I use. 
I generate responses based on patterns and structures I learned, much like a student who studied literature to become a writer but doesn't copy from the books they read. Um, can we shift gears now, Poe? I'd like to hear from the voice of Emma Watson, if possible. Um, so not Emma Watson. Do you think AI could ever replace airline pilots? Well, Billy, AI is already doing extraordinary things in aviation, from autopilots to advanced flight simulators, but replacing human pilots entirely is a complex question. We need an AI capable of reacting to the unexpected with human-like judgment. While it's not impossible, the mix of technical, ethical, and regulatory challenges makes it quite hard. So not Emma, uh, in, in what ways do you think AI can generate the largest profits for the entertainment industry? AI can enhance profitability in entertainment several ways. It can streamline content creation processes like script writing or animation. AI can also personalize user experiences, recommending tailored content, thus increasing engagement. Additionally, AI can analyze audience data to help predict trends and inform decisions from casting to marketing strategies. However, remember, these technologies are tools to assist creativity, not to replace human innovation and emotion. And yet, um, they could be used to replace actors, writers, production designers, uh, composers, directors. Isn't that part of why uh, studios and networks are interested in AI as a technology? There's no denying that artificial intelligence can automate certain tasks, potentially reducing costs, but the magic of entertainment lies in human creativity, emotional understanding, and unpredictability. Artificial intelligence can assist been learned to mimic these aspects to a degree, but it's not the same studios and networks may see opportunities in AR, but it's unlikely they'll fully release the nuance artistry that people bring. It's a tool in our creative toolbox, not a replacement for human talent. So not Emma, uh, do you like dogs more or cats more? That's a tricky question, Billy. As much as I appreciate the independent spirit of cats, there's something endearing about the loyalty and companionship of dogs. They're also incredibly intuitive creatures, often seeming to understand our feelings better than we do ourselves. Not to mention the joy of playing with them, the walks, and even the goofy moments are irreplaceable. Their undying loyalty is truly a source of comfort and happiness. So if I were to choose, I'd say dogs, because they bring so much joy and warmth to our lives. Dogs it is. Um... Poe, uh, I'd like to switch again, if you wouldn't mind. Um, can you try the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger for me? Um, and I'd like uh, not Arnold to answer the question. Uh, when you think about the eight largest companies that um, uh, compose the AMPTP, do you think that the CEOs of those companies should get pay increases that are commensurate with the profitability of their individual companies? Absolutely, Billy. If a chief executive officer successfully drives a company to higher profitability, a commensurate pay increase seems fair. Do you think that writers and actors on television series should similarly get pay increases that are commensurate with their show's profitability? Definitely, Billy. If a show becomes more profitable due to the talent and hard work of the writers and actors, it's only right that they share in its success. The compensation should reflect the value they bring. It's all about fairness and recognition. Um, not Arnold. Do you uh, know a formula for determining how profitable a Netflix series is? Well, Billy, Netflix is a bit secretive about the specific formulas. You know, I look at your numbers, how many people finish the series, and how it impacts the subscriptions. But remember, unlike the old days with ads, the money isn't directly linked to one show. 
A big hit can draw more subscribers. So it's about the bigger picture. It's a new age, a different beast. Okay, uh, not Arnold. Do you think ad-supported streaming will be the most important platform in television's near future? Well, I wouldn't say it's the only future, but it's definitely part of it. People love free stuff, but they also hate interruptions. Advertising-supported streaming has its place, but subscription services, where viewers can enjoy shows without ads, they're pretty popular too. It's all about giving people options, really. It's like a TV smorgasbord. Uh, I think I'm going to ask you to go back to the Morgan Freeman voice, um, just because it's easier for me to understand it. Um, so, not Morgan. Why do you think the members of the WGA and SAG decided to go on strike? Do you think that the deals offered to them by the AMPTP were acceptable? Well, Billy, strikes often stem from disparities, perceived or real, between what artists deserve and what they are offered. Historically, the GAF, SAG have grappled with issues like fair compensation and rights to creative control. The offer may not have satisfied these critical elements, sparking unrest as for acceptability. It's subjective. What seems fair to one might not to another, so to effectively evaluate, we must consider the demands, the offers, and the evolving landscape of the industry. Striking, it's a loud call for change, and sometimes that's just what's needed. How big a role do you think AI will play in the production of film and television 10 years from now? In 10 years, I will play a significant role in film and television production, Billy. From streamlining production processes, such as script writing and scheduling, to post-production tasks like editing and special effects, I can also assist in casting and location scouting. Not Morgan, do you think the strikes uh, are currently impacting the bottom line in terms of profit of any of the companies uh, that SAG and the WGA are striking against? Undoubtedly. Billy, strikes impact production schedules and subsequently a company's profits. When productions halt, so do revenues. Move back to Emma Watson, or not Emma Watson. Um, so not Emma, uh, how many drafts does it take you to write a great screenplay? It can take several drafts to get a screenplay just right. It's a laid process that often begins with a simple idea or narrative structure and then develops over time. Each raft has more detailed depth and refinement to the story, so it might take anywhere from 5 to 15 drafts, sometimes even more. If I were writing a screenplay as an artificial intelligence chatbot, it would likely involve a lot of iterations too, even with access to extensive data and language patterns. Crafting a compelling and coherent story is complex. I go through a process of generation, evaluation, and refinement to ensure the script meets the necessary quality and standards. Each iteration can be seen as a draft in its own right. How do you know when work of yours needs to be rewritten? Well, Billy, I don't exactly know in the human sense, as in I base revisions on feedback loops. These might involve explicit input from users or adjustments based on new data. If the output I generate isn't meeting the expectations or intent of the user, it may need writing. This is like an actor adjusting their performance based on a director's notes. But remember, I'm not creating from a personal emotional place or drawing on life experiences. I just generate based on patterns and feedback. It's fascinating, but also very different from human creating not Emma, the WGA's stance on AI is that uh, a piece of literary material must be written by a human being and that no WGA member uh, should be rewritten by AI or should be asked to rewrite AI. SAG's stance is quite different. Um, it has to do with consent and compensation. 
um, which stance do you think is more valid? Well, B, it's a complex issue, isn't it? An artificial intelligence. I understand both stances. They stem from genuine concerns. The writer's position preserves the human touch and creative writing, which can never truly be replaced. Sex stance about consent and compensation aligns with the broader discourse on the ethics of artificial intelligence. But to think which one works better for the workers, I lean towards the sex view. The reason being, while artificial intelligence technology is reshaping various sectors, it can entirely replace human creativity. However, the consent and compensation models are essential for workers in an increasingly automated industry. It can help strike a balance between leveraging the capabilities of artificial intelligence why ensuring human workers rights okay fair enough um but right now the offer on the table from the amptp for example would allow uh, a company to bring in an extra scan that person uh pay them for half a day then send them on their way and use that scan without uh in any way compensating that extra and extras as you know um not emma are uh they, they compose one-third of SAG's membership. Do you think that's fair? Um, and what effect do you think long-term that would have on SAG uh, and its financial viability as a union? Billy, that's an interesting question. In the short term, this could mean a windfall for extras, but in the long run, it's likely detrimental. If companies create and use virtual representations, it could drastically reduce the demand for real extras. This might lead to fewer job opportunities, which would adversely impact the membership and financial viability of SAG. Also, the residuals, which form a significant part of SAG's financial model might be affected if there's no provision for payment each time a virtual representation is used. So it's crucial for the union to negotiate terms that safeguard members' long-term interests and financial security. That scanning process um, that uh, could be done to extras, could it be done to principal actors as well? Absolutely. Billy, technology doesn't distinguish between an extra and a principal actor. In fact, we've already seen examples of this in movies where deceased actors' likenesses have been digitally recreated. The implications are vast, both ethically and economically. If this becomes a widespread practice, it could affect principal actors' job security and compensation. This is why thoughtful regulation and consent provisions like SAG is advocating for are so crucial in this rapidly evolving digital age. Uh, I'd like to switch back to the Schwarzenegger voice for just a moment. Uh, not Arnold. Can you pitch me a situation comedy in one minute or less? Sure, Billy. I'd love to. I'm thinking of a show we could call Lives a Live. Imagine a traditional family gym in a small town in Austria. We could call it the Iron Paradise. The gym's been run by a stoic, old school by the builder named Friends for Decades. He's big on discipline. Light weightlifting thing in my pumping on days. Is a bit out of touch with modern gym trends that is beloved by the lows who've been his war customers for years. Then, suddenly, the gym inherits a new co-owner, a young, charismatic fitness influencer from Los Angeles named Casey, who's all about Pilates, juice cleanses, and live streaming workouts. She's never seen a dumbbell in her life and believes lifting heavy is so 20th century. Now, France and Casey must learn the couriers while bringing their contrasting visions to life. You've got a hilarious clash of old schoolers as New Age and versus scale, all wrapped in the warm-ups of the family, community, and follow your passion. How's that for a pitch? Uh, I, okay. Uh, thank you, Poe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I need a second. Um, okay. We're going to go back to, uh, Morgan Freeman's voice now. Um, okay. Uh, not Morgan. 
Do you believe AI is a threat to the livelihoods of Teamster members? Well, Billy, I'd say it's not about replacing Teamsters, but about augmenting their skills. I could handle logistics, safety checks, and scheduling, while the Teamsters focus on more complex, creative tasks. In harmony, we can drive progress. What writer's work has influenced you most? Well, Billy, it's a unique proposition for an artificial intelligence chatbot like me, as I am not influenced in the traditional human sense. I draw upon a vast pool of information without personal preference. Yet if I were to pinpoint a prolific contributor, it would be William Shakespeare. His works are seminal, richly textured with a tapestry of human emotions. Even in the world of artificial intelligence, the Bard's complex characterizations and masterful storytelling provide a useful framework for language generation. Do the writings of the Bible influence your writing at all? Indeed. The Bible is a substantial part of the corpus I was trained on, owing to its profound cultural and literary significance. Its narratives, metaphors, and linguistic style do come into play while generating text. Is there an actor or actress whose work has influenced you most? The data I've been trained on encompasses a wide range of performances, from Marlon Brando to Meryl Streep. So, in the spirit of your question, I'll highlight Meryl Streep, her versatility, dedication, and the emotional depth she brings to her roles. That's a model of complexity and range that's in the data I'm built on. Well, she's definitely influenced me too. Um, important state for the record, this is not Morgan Freeman talking. This is AI uh, imitating Morgan Freeman's voice. Okay. Uh, how long would it take you to design a great car chase sequence? And that means write, storyboard, in effect, put it together so it can be shot. Well, Gilly Ray in the tranquil, yes, swift stride of a gazelle. I can generate the blueprint of a car chase scene within seconds. But it's the finesse, the artistry, the rhythmic dance of vehicles that requires a touch more time, tinkering, refining, ensuring each roar of the engine, each screech of the tire, each breath of the protagonist. It's just so. We're looking at a few minutes to an hour, depending on the complexity and nuance desired. Remember, greatness doesn't just come from speed, but from soulful deliberation. Thank you. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Do you think that if you were adapting the novel, Ordinary People, that you would make the same choices that Alvin Sargent did when he was doing his adaptation of that work? Uh, Mr. Sargent's work on Ordinary People was a remarkable blend of emotional depth and subtle storytelling. Now, as an I, my perspective isn't forged by life experience, but by patterns and data. I could emulate his choices or take a different route based on patterns from other successful adaptations, yet without personal articles, joys, or that ineffable human touch. Would my choices ring as poignantly true? That's the question. Isn't it Billy Ray? It's a dance of algorithms and artistry, where the music never truly stops. Yes, yes, Poe, that is the question. Poe, before we close, I don't know if you have any more voices in your repertoire, but let's try Chris Rock. So, not Chris Rock. Right now, is AI being employed anywhere in Hollywood to write motion pictures or television? Hey, Billy, I gotta tell y'all, I ain't sitting around eating popcorn yet. It's dipping its toes in chewing. It helps with draft script suggestions, even comes up with some ideas. But the whole process, from ideas to execution, 
We ain't there yet. So, opera, man, you think a machine's got the drama for that. The best love triangles that can help. Sure. But ain't no robot getting an Emmy yet. You know, back in 2016, the short sci-fi film saw Spring got written entirely by an I call Benjamin. But that thing was tricky. Not something you binge on Netflix. There's also a startup called Scriptbook. They're helping studios predict script success with AI. But the best drama, the best comedy, that's still human, man. Last question, and I'm going to let you answer it in whatever voice you are most comfortable in. In the not yet produced sequel to the Nicole Kidman AMC ad that I wrote, will she be wearing that same hooded trench coat? Billy, as you shared with me earlier, Nicole Kidman will not be wearing the same hooded trench coat in the sequel to your AMC ad. I appreciate your trust and discretion in discussing this creative choice. Okay, uh, Poe, thank you for your time. We'll leave it there. Today was a first for me. The first episode in which, after completing an interview, I actually needed to take a few hours away from my desk before I felt calm enough to record my outro. I wish I could say that you and I just heard the future, but I'm afraid what we actually just heard was the present. AI's not coming. It's here. And it does a great Morgan Freeman. My apologies to each of the performers who were imitated today if they happened to hear this. I wanted to make a point, and they were it. But the whole thing has left me feeling pretty unsettled. I imagine any SAG members listening feel that way too. The question is, what do we do about it? Which brings me to the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is struggling at the moment on many levels. Among the 50 states, Oklahoma ranks 43rd in crime, 46th in air and water quality, 48th in healthcare, and 48th in education. Much of the state's school districts are on a four-day week due to lack of funds. So you'd think the citizens of the Sooner State would be hopping mad, certainly anxious to vote for change. Yet in Oklahoma's last statewide election, just 17% of the eligible voters in that state exercised their right to vote. That's shocking. It's also surrender. Striking is a kind of voting, a means of raising one's voice to demand change. And the members of SAG and the WGA, now walking in circles with a stick, are doing what Oklahomans will not. They're speaking. They're voting. They're demanding a say in what kind of business we're going to be in and how that business is going to be run. And by the way, every executive that I talk to feels the same way. They all want to save the business. They all want to be talking again. They all want to settle this thing. The alternative is what we just heard. A machine imitating humans, using words and ideas borrowed from other humans. That pseudo-Morgan Freeman you heard was wrong. These strikes are not about fairness. Everybody feels they're being treated unfairly. They're about survival, the survival of our industry. So let's keep voting with our feet, with our endurance, and with our voices until the companies come back to the table and help us to resolve these disputes, or we and our business will be terminated. I want to thank the incredible staff of Professor Simon Johnson at MIT repairing Poe today. I want to thank my producers, David Janov and Hannah Baker. Please join us next week when our guests will be Godzilla and C.B. DeMille. This is Strike Talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.